You're listening to Broken Hearted with Althea Branton. Join me for unscripted conversation about heartbreak in all its forms. Instead of getting over heartbreak, move through it. Face your pain and see what happens next. Welcome to Broken Hearted. I'm Althea Branton, and I'm so glad you're here. For the last 12 years, Christiane Bila has been there for stressed out executives, seniors with severe health problems, couples struggling with connection, people during pregnancy, weight loss, anxiety, insomnia, loss, and with families as they prepare for their special needs children for the future of independent living with a disability. She meets you wherever you are right now and shows you how to build the life you love. Christiane and I embark on a wonderful conversation about how pain affects the chakras. And as you'll see, our conversation evolves into what it is to really face heartbreak. And as you know, heartbreak is pain, largely disappointment, loss of some kind, something that we hoped would turn out one way, but in fact, turns out another. Enjoy. Christiane, welcome to Broken Hearted. I am eternally grateful that you're here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It is an absolute honor. I love what you're doing. I think it is so important for us to honor the the path through the pain and, and really see how much we get out of these moments that they're opportunities. So I, I love that you're having the challenging conversations and I'm so glad to be a part of it. Thank you. A path through the pain. I may have to just teeth that at some point because I really, really, really love that. A path yes. through the pain. So, so I want to talk about chakras and I want to talk about what happens to our chakras when we go through heartbreak and pain and grief and loss. Tell me, Christiane, when, when we experience pain, where do we feel it? Is there one particular chakra that we feel it the most? Or is, it, is this pain equally shared through all of the chakras? I believe it is equally shared. I feel like some are more obvious than others because some of them, like our heart chakra, for example, where we pay a lot more attention to that typically than we do, say, like our root chakra or... Um, our sense of power, like our third chakra. So often we, you know, something happens, pain occurs, loss occurs, or the, the illusion of loss occurs. And, and it, we let it stick in one spot, but it definitely affects every piece because, so let's just like, for those who maybe don't know the chakras, I'll give like a, a quick rundown. So you have, I mean, there's, there's hundreds of them, but there's like, seven really basic ones that we are most in tune with that are in like the more physical aspect of our body. And so that would be the root chakra, which is like the, the base of the spine. It's your sense of home. It's your sense of safety. It's, it's that part of you that's really in your body. Um, you have your sacral chakra, which is the second chakra. It's the area of childhood of creativity of sensuality that's kind of in our hip area we have our third chakra which is our sense of power 
It's um, kind of like our inner fire, that like driving passion behind things and our, our motivation. And then we have our heart chakra, um, you know, love and compassion. Our throat chakra, um, how we express ourselves, but also how we hear messages, how we're listening, um, kind of the whole ball of communication. And then we have our third eye, um, that intuitive part of ourselves, that like true inner seer. Uh, and then you have your crown chakra, which is that like connection to the divine. And so I think a lot of times like the upper chakras are, are the more fun ones, so to speak. You know, everyone's like, yeah, I feel love and my heart is open and, and I'm speaking my truth and I'm so intuitive. But the lower chakras are like where the dirty work happens and, and we really need those. And we often, when something occurs, that's probably where the most attention needs to be paid because if we're going through grief or going through pain, one of the biggest things that is triggered is our sense of safety. You know, fear comes in and we're like, oh my goodness, I don't feel maybe at home in my body or I don't feel at home in the place that I maybe created a home with somebody and now things have shifted and separation has occurred and maybe like that home is not my home anymore. Um, and just really looking at, you know, how that affects our sense of, of playfulness, our sense of passion and, you know, in the face of loss, do we feel like our power has been taken away and do we kind of like get smaller or do we feel like in, in the fear that our power has been taken away, do we like try to charge forth and like overcompensate and try to control everything? Um, and so, yeah, they absolutely, you know, everything is affected. Um, it's just where are we being objective and where are we being obsessive? And so it's so important to kind of like, just see, you know, are you just tuning into one thing or are you looking at the whole picture? Because the idea is that the shockers are these wheels and they turn into one another, kind of like, you know, the gears in a watch, one propelling the next, propelling the next to move. Um, and so if one of them is stuck, it's throwing the whole system off. So it's so important that they are propelling one another in a way that keeps things in motion. Because our emotions, I mean, it's the word motion is in emotion. Like you can't have an emotion that isn't moving you. And the problem is when the emotion moves us in a way that maybe feels temporarily uncomfortable, we sort of freeze. And we're like, oh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and then it gets stuck. And then it's like, oh. Um, and so over time that can like weight down the chakras and like slow, you know, the, the gears. I love, love, love the description of the chakras. I've actually never heard them described so eloquently before. And I, I now have a new understanding of what each chakra means. So thank you so much for that. And you're absolutely right. Emotion is motion. It's, it's moving. It's, it's always flowing. But what tends to happen is whenever we experience an emotion, we want to put a stop to it immediately. We want to just head, cut it off at the pass and not allow it to flow. And I feel that if we continue this practice, which let's, let's be real for a second, this happens a lot. 
yeah. that we don't, it's not socially acceptable for us to allow our emotions to flow. We, we, for some reason, don't allow our own selves to let them flow. So if we're not letting them flow, do they start collecting in the chakras? I believe they do. Um, and that will lead to any number of things, you know, in, in some areas it manifests as an actual physical ailment. Um, you know, if you've been in a place where your, your power has been off kiltered and, um, you know, if you were like in an abusive relationship, for example, um, or, you know, you're just feeling challenged from maybe like old trauma that was like unresolved and your sense of power is off, um, you know, things like, like having like IBS and having ulcers and having, um, stuff like, I mean, I've worked with so many women who had sexual abuse trauma and they have fibroids and they have cysts on their ovaries and it's so related. It's like, you know, that part of the energy that doesn't get moved it becomes something physical because that like the, the chakras being this energy communication it's like if we kind of miss that first sign you know of like okay the energy is talking to us and you know hey we need to like pause we need to like recalibrate do some practice and we miss that then the next way you know for it to talk to us is like oh okay well then we'll become something physical because now it's more tangible. Now you're going to have to pay attention to it. Now there's no pretending that it's not really happening or it's all in your head. It's like, no, now you have a physical problem that you need to address. Um, so I think it's so important that we are really looking at how we're healing energetically because that's like our first opportunity to, to kind of get in before it becomes this more advanced thing where you know, it's the only way for, uh, for the body to like get our attention and is to be like, Oh, well now, now you can't get out of bed. Now you have no choice but to rest, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, true. it's like, we can, you know, we can certainly pause and, and take that moment to be like, okay, what is under the surface? Cause usually like the surface reaction, you know, of like, Oh, I'm angry like that's almost like the easy thing, you know, it's like, okay, but what's underneath it? Like what's at the root of the anger? You know, is it, you know, it, most of the time, like these things are all like fear. It's like some fear of some need not being met um, or thinking that you can't ask for something or not knowing what to ask for, you know? And so we go with these like emotional, I want to say like, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's, it's kind of like the emotion is leading us, um, to, to see the, the real cause and, you know, and it's like, cause. it's, it's shining yeah. a light on mm -hmm. what the actual issue is, what the root cause is. Yeah. And that's where, you know, that's where the attention needs to be paid is to like really sit with ourselves and ask ourselves like, okay, you know, what is the need that really has to be addressed here? You know, what is it that I can create for myself or I can courageously ask for in order to start to heal, in order to start to 
feel connected again to my body. Because a lot of times when we get emotional um, or we've had some sort of issue happen that causes discomfort, we leave the body. We're just like uh, mm. checking out. It becomes like this fragmented, disconnected, you know, where it's like, okay, well, I put that over there and we're just going to, you know, keep trucking along. Like we got to go to work, you know, we got to like do these things and we don't give ourselves permission to be like, okay, no, I'm, I am sad right now. And I need to feel through the sad and like find out what the sad is looking for so that I can really process this so that I can really make something like purposeful out of it. Um, but oftentimes, yeah, the discomfort, just like, we're like, ugh, I don't like that. So we're just going to like detour, but it never goes anywhere. You know, it's like, then it stays stuck in the energy field and it's going to come back around sooner or later. Um, you'll either repeat a similar situation where like that emotional button will get pushed again or something physical will occur to get you to pay attention. It's so true. It's, you see instances where someone has just experienced a traumatic event and they throw themselves into their work or um, they start exercising too much or start, you know, just laying in bed all day and watching Netflix and no shade clearly on Netflix. But, <laughs> but the, 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 the key thing is here is yes, the tendency is to, our bodies give us these signs Mm -hmm. clear indications okay alert alert something's wrong please pay attention to this particular part and then it's just like okay no I'll just oh my head hurts hmm I'll just take a painkiller or right. oh I'm not feeling well I have I have the I have a cough okay I'll just take some cough syrup it's it's just okay let's just get rid of the symptoms so we can just keep moving and there's never doesn't seem to be and I and I hope that this conversation will spark some people to make that shift into making a conscious choice that when their body is starting to say something that they'll actually listen as opposed yeah. to veering off in another direction that goes outside of themselves. But here's the funny thing that happens, mm -hmm. Christiane is in the spiritual space, there's this, I don't even know if, it, if it's a trend or a thing. We're just going to call it a thing because I have no, clearly no other word for it. But there's this thing where for some reason, it's only okay, in air quotes, if you could only see me using my air quotes, it's only okay to function and live heart chakra and above. Yeah. That, you know, oh, I'm... Anything, so when anything happens, you know, loss of a loved one, mm -hmm. a relationship, a romantic relationship coming to an end, if you stay in the heart, throat, third eye and crown and just keep going sky high, you'll be fine. Right. And it's, it's kind of like having a balloon without a string, you know, it's just going to fly off. Like it. Mm -hmm those energies are only working at their optimum space if there is a grounding you know it's like gravity like we need gravity or otherwise it, you're just flailing um and so it's so important that we are doing the lower work and 
And I love what you said about like, yeah, like people who like throw themselves into their work, they can try to overcompensate. And I feel like we do that with the chakras when we're like, okay, well, I don't want to do the lower work of looking at, you know, what makes me feel safe or at home in my body because that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> so I'm just going to gloss over that and just like really open my heart so big and just be, but it's like, okay, you don't have boundaries then because boundaries and, and a healthy sense of like, you know, being able to communicate your boundaries comes from your root chakra. It doesn't come from your heart. It doesn't come from your throat. It comes from that base of being at home in your body and like really being honest about what you need to feel safe and what you need to feel connected and, you know, being grounded. So if we're like just flinging our heart open and, you know, throwing out all the good, like spiritual jargon, um, and being, you know, like, oh, I'm so in intuitive. It's like, but yeah, where is that, you know, where is that really coming from? Because if it's not coming, if it's not moving up the ladder from the roots, making its way up there, then it's just kind of, you know, it, it's too formless. Like that's the balance of, of the chakra energy um, is to be the form and the formless, to take something that is these like more ethereal and um, like cosmic spiritual things and like bring them into, into the body, into the form, into this like earthly plane that we're functioning on. Um, and so we often do, like that's where like every chakra has, you know, a, a state of balance, the, the sattvic state. As, um, or it's either rajasic, which is kind of like super fiery, like over, you know, the, that's the overworking, that's the overexercising, that's the like, you know, having a lot of sex or eating a lot of food, like, or tamasic where it's just like, that's like the Netflix binge watching. It's just like super lethargic, like really checking out, just really like, oh, like, you know, um, heavy and, and just kind of the, the slothy side of our chakra. <laughs> um, and so to find a place where it's balanced, where you see, you're like, oh, okay, you know, yes, it's beautiful to, to go through life with an open heart, but if you don't have your sense of like power in check, if you don't feel like you're really at home in your body um, in a way that you're like, okay, I know, you know, I'm connected to my sense of like, the form that I need to function in. And, and so I'm not going to maybe say yes to everything because I want to be a people pleaser. That's kind of the overcompensation of the heart open um, and like living too much in that, like the upper chakras is like, we do a lot of things then to feel loved because we're, we're giving away too much of that heart energy and we're not really it's not coming from this grounded place that is honoring, you know, the balance of our, our power, the balance of our sense of grounding in our body. Um, and so it, it can just, it can get sloppy and it can often cause more challenges um, when we're not willing to like go in and do the groundwork. It's like building a house without a foundation. Like you need the foundation first. You, you know, that's so important. It's like, there's a structure and it starts by first kind of going in and like, you know, gutting through the foundation and ripping up the things that, you know, 
aren't working and like setting that space so that whatever you're building, you're building on a really solid foundation. And when we, we open our heart or we open our intuition um, without having that, it's often why then people become like, you know, susceptible to like psychic attacks without really realizing it. They're like, especially if you're very empathic, um, you know, you're often like, you feel other people's stuff and you take it on like it's your own because you didn't do that foundational work first. And, you know, people get really like, oh, I don't know why I feel so bad. Like, I, you know, it's just like, yeah, like how much of that is yours? And can you even tell the difference? Maybe you can't because you're not at home in your body enough to know where you begin and where somebody else ends. And in your description of the chakras, mm -hmm. you talked about having the sense of home, dealing with childhood, mm -hmm. dealing with the sense of self. So if you've had adverse childhood experiences, if there are wounds in your past, mm -hmm. doing that work isn't going to be appealing at all. Right. Because you're right, digging a foundation for a house, what happens? You have to dig in the dirt and get muddy and icky and smelly and wet and gross. You might find a worm, uh, mm -hmm. whatever. It's not fun. It's not pretty. It's not Instagram worthy. Right. To do this work. Yeah. Which I suspect, in fact, I know, I know this is the reason for the aversion for going down into these chakras because you're literally opening up wounds. Yeah. Wounds that, you know, for whatever reason, we've made a conscious choice to either ignore them, push them aside, because let's be real, who wants to face pain? Going through pain is hard. It is absolutely difficult. It's not fun. I wouldn't choose it. I mean, these days, I mean, I do choose it, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> but the, the fact is, is that it's not appealing, mm -hmm. right? To, to ground. It's more, you can go out into the spiritual world and say, I am floating in the stars and I'm connected to the heavens and I know this and I can say this because I spent as part of my own journey and my own development I spent years floating through the galaxy sky high just planets away galaxies away like wherever Star Trek went I was way past that mm -hmm. just sky high and it wasn't until maybe only a couple months ago when I realized I needed to come back to earth yeah. and I needed to start grounding. And in that practice of really doing the work on the lower chakras, the roots, sacral and solar plexus is where, yeah, wounds galore. There were wounds everywhere, absolutely everywhere. But I was bound and determined to work through them and bound and determined to start grounding grounding myself and re-evaluating and re-establishing that sense of self. And I can tell you, Christiane, it has changed everything. I absolutely love that. That is so, and I, I totally can relate uh, because when I started on this path, 
the same thing. I was like, I'm starting from the top up, you know, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm starting here. Like, this is great. Like, yes. Like, Oh, I see visions. I see the colors. I, you know, and, and it was, yeah, it was fun and it was pretty and, and made for good stories. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of had like hit that wall where I was like, just feeling like, okay, well, I'm just sort of like treading water. Like nothing is really feeling better. In fact, some things are getting kind of messier <laughs> and I'm like, and how could that be? Cause I, I have such an open heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized, yeah, it was because I wasn't doing the, the like underbelly work, <laughs> you know, I wasn't going and I realized like, yeah, like you, you have to build from the ground up and that just makes, you know, everything else so much stronger once you're willing to do that. But of course, yeah, that's, you know, our childhood stuff. I mean, that is some of the hardest work I can say personally that I've had to go through um, because it brings up so much of our safety and our autonomy and boundaries and um, even just being like surprised that, you know, like I'm 40 years old and thinking like, oh my God, the reaction I'm having to this is based on something that happened when I was like four years old. You know, it's like, how, you know, how can I be dragging this around for that long? Like, how is it still affecting me? And it was like, yeah, because at four years old, I didn't have the tools to deal with what was happening. And now I can look in and see like, oh, wow, like in that moment, my boundaries were being violated and I didn't feel safe. And so, you know, what can I do now to go in? And um, I remember when I first started doing this stuff and I kept hearing people talk about the inner child and I was like, that is like the cheesiest. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would just kind of just like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, you're inner, but it is, it really is legitimate. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're kind of like those like Russian stacking dolls. Like inside me is, you know, is a teenager inside me is a five-year-old. It's, you know, like all of like we, we've grown, but those pieces of us energetically they're still a part of our whole self they didn't go anywhere they just transformed they you know they developed in different ways um and then some of them did it you know i recognized when i started doing that work like oh wow some parts of me did not grow past that five-year-old that was hurt in that moment or that 15-year-old that was like angry in that moment and then they, what I call is like, then they try to drive the bus, you know, (laughs) and five-year-old me, like there's times when it's absolutely appropriate for five-year-old, like when I'm outside, I'm in the country right now, I'm like out playing with my dog, five-year-old me can totally drive, like Mm -hmm. absolutely can operate this, this system, no problem. But when I have to like get into a business meeting and if somebody isn't listening to me and five-year-old me tries to (laughs) run the show, (laughs) Um, and so it's so important to like go in and do the work to feel this sense of integration and that's where you know I think people have a misconceived idea about like what tantra is and tantra is really the art of weaving and it's taking the things that we think of that are taboo and uncomfortable and actually weaving them in to the whole self and weaving them into the the whole way we look at everything as being sacred. And so that's where, you know, the, the chakra practice, um, 
with like the yoga and the tantric breath work and the meditations, like that gave me the space to like bring every part of me back together again and be like, okay, you know, in this moment, what, you know, what does five-year-old me need? Um, you know, what does 15-year-old me need? Like, maybe there's something actually really great. Like 15 year old me is great at marketing. Like she, like, she is like awesome, like visionary ideas. She gets really creative. She came up with the, you know, heal the wound, keep the wisdom. She loves like catchphrases. Yes. (laughs) So to be willing to like, look at the parts of yourself, not just because, okay, there's this like gaping wound that needs to be addressed. Um, but also because they have gifts, you know, and, and you're not going to see, the gifts until you're willing to like heal that part you know it's like it's really hard to see how great it is if it's like you know the part of you that's bleeding it's like okay first you gotta like tidy that up take care of that and then you can see like oh wow this is your superpower okay now we can like focus in on like how you show up in a really helpful way instead of screaming because this is unresolved and, you know, and needs to be addressed. A technique that really helped me was imagining all of the various versions of me at different stages, sitting around a table, having a meal. Mm. I love that. So, you know, four-year-old me would be like, I want some ice cream. 17-year-old me is, is, can I go to the mall? I'm done. I'm, I'm kind of over like this adult scene and 20 something me is saying, okay, I guess I'm going to be the one to do the dishes because mm-hmm. nobody else wants to help. <laughs> and then there's present me sitting at the head of the table mm-hmm. and I'm watching each version of myself at these different stages and seeing how they're reacting to like, it's a very simple meal. It's, it's always something like, you know, spaghetti meatballs and salad or something like that. But it's, I always found this visualization really helpful because it, it means that I have brought all of these versions of myself back home. Yes. Absolutely. And having, so even though they're all home, which is great, mm-hmm. that's kind of step one you know, bringing them all back together. We still, the work still needs to be done with each individual version. And I love how you mentioned how each version of yourself has a gift. That's amazing. Yeah, we really, I think we undervalue because we're like, well, I'm an adult now. And like, you know, and we kind of get into this place of like, like, I know, you know, like, I know what I know, and I know what I know because of now. And it's like, no, you know what you know because of everything that you did before now. Yeah. Um, and that includes, you know, stuff. And, and I think we, yeah, we kind of get very dismissive about what we learned as an adult or what we learned as a teenager. Um, and that, you know, what that, that personality and what that, um, the insight of like those time periods of our life. And there's a wonderful book. um, It's called Eastern, I think it's Eastern body, Western mind or Western body, Eastern mind. Um, But it essentially goes through the chakras and it breaks it down by age. 
And so like your first chakra is like womb to, you know, like two years old. And then like the second chakra is like two to like, you know, four or five. And it goes up the, the realm and like each chakra is like a representation of a certain like time period in your life. So that was a big factor for me in seeing like, oh, wow, if I'm doing this work, like it's very much connected to where I was at that stage of my life. And so if I'm not willing to like go in and have that conversation with me as a baby at, you know, teenagers and, and all these different points, I'm kind of missing a part of like how that energy is working because that energy developed in those time periods. And so to be able to go back and see like, okay, you know, what in that time period needs to be, be, be like rewritten. Because I think a lot of us have, I can certainly say for myself, had, um, I used to have, I call it in the before time, um, in the before time <laughs> when I started doing all this work, I had these stories about, you know, well, this happened to me and like this, you know, this was done to me and like all of these things. And I had to go in and rewrite these stories and see them instead as like opportunities rather than obstacles and be like, oh, that's right. That was the moment where I got this opportunity to learn about, you know, trusting myself and, and, mm. you know, and how, and so it really helped my healing process to, to reframe it instead of being the victim or the survivor to just really be this objective observer that could acknowledge like this was an experience mm -hmm. and you know and here's what i i got from that experience and now here's how i've integrated and i think that's like the really key piece and i love what you're saying about like being at the dinner table together because that's like this beautiful integration like you're all coming together to you know to be and and start to see like where each person has their place and how you know this sense of unity um because i feel like that you know sometimes we get in and we start doing the work and we're like okay i'm looking at it it's really gross i don't like it but i'll keep looking at it and then we get almost fixated on the story and that's where i find like you know talk therapy is only so helpful because a lot of times it's just like okay let's tell the same story over and over and over again about how daddy did this and mommy said that and we don't get to the place where we've figured out how to like actually integrate the wisdom from that moment. It just becomes mm. about rehashing, you know, and replaying it. And, and integrating that wisdom is, that's, that's the, the, the icing on the cake. That's the thing that's going to just make the biggest difference and have the most impact because we can become aware of a lesson but it's not going to help any and it's effectively useless if we don't actually implement it but when you said about how in the chakras it starts from when we're infants and as a parent raising my son i'm now i'm i'm fascinated about how his chakras are forming and how I will influence that process as he gets older. Mm -hmm. And even now I'm, I'm teaching him about emotions and how to just go through them and be aware of them. But I like to think of myself as a conscious parent or as a woke parent, if, he, if right. I could even use the word woke, because I think it's kind of 
<laughs> used and thrown around and, you know, hashtagged out beyond all recognition. But I'm curious now as my son is, is growing and as he goes through his own childhood, what experiences are going to form in his chakras? Mm-hmm. What work will he need to do? And will he have to do any work? Because really, I'm going to be a co-creator in those experiences. Yeah. And I, as I, I do the work on myself as a parent, that work only reflects on him and his experience. So I have to ask myself, self, what work can I do to, I don't want to say like, I don't want him to have like, you know, a trauma-free childhood because I, I can't do that. That's, that's near impossible. But what I can do is the work on me. The work on me as a parent, I can go back and heal my chakras. I can be an example for him to show that if you, there's work that needs to be done, that it is indeed possible. And that is a beautiful gift to lead by example, you know, and to show the, the beauty of the vulnerability um, and the courage to like self-examine and to, to go in and, and get in the messy parts and, you know, and it's going to be imperfect. And that's the beauty of it is like, there are going to be things that are still going to be like, yeah, like he's going to have moments that will help shape him and help him grow. Um, and it's so important to not, you know, I, I think a big gift for myself was when I really started to remove the idea of right or wrong or good or bad and like uh. labeling it as one or the other, instead of just being like, this is the experience that it is. Um, and I have friends who, you know, have kids and, and they're, you know, similar position is like, you know, wanting to like screw up as little as possible, <laughs> you know, yes. it's like I'm doing it better than my parents did it. Um, and they did it better than their parents did it. And we're all doing the best that we can with the tools that we have. Mm-hmm. And just to, you know, know that like, it's not going to be a trauma free, like it's not supposed to be because mm-hmm. we learn a lot from trauma. We learn a yes. lot from pain. Um, and so, yeah, you know, if you, if you had this like, perfect bubble, I, I think you would miss out on a lot of experiences that are Absolutely. Really vital to, to growth and self-development. And, um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, when we do work on ourselves, though, we heal in both directions. Like, you know, the work that you're doing on yourself is going back, it's healing generations before you, and it's going forward, and it's healing, you know, his generation, and you're, you know, if you end up with grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Um, and so I think that's the beautiful gift of being, like, spiritual warriors, so to speak, is that we really do put this ripple effect that goes out and and shifts the energy in all directions um and it's you know it's not always fun but it is absolutely worth it I mean at least I can say like everything that I've done you know has been like the relationship that I have with my mother the, the relationship that I see um just shifts in other even in memories, even in like family members and people who aren't here anymore, the ability to like see how the healing practice shifts the, the way 
we reflect and the stories that we have um, because our thoughts become things. And, and so if I have this new way of thinking, it really becomes this new thing in, in my life and in, and then, you know, my life affects the lives around me. And so it becomes a new thing in their life and so on and so forth. Um, and so it is such a, you know, a gift that I feel like it's like, it plants such seeds. And, um, I think it was Maya Angelou who said like, like sometimes like the seeds you plant, like you don't get the fruit from that tree. That's not the point, <laughs> you know? And I feel like I've, I've gotten that gift is like, you know, I've planted a lot of seeds that I may never see that fruit and that's great. Somebody else is going to, you know, the next generations of my family are going to benefit from these new communication skills and from these new things that, you know, I've like shown up to like do the work to be like, Hey, there might be another option. Like, let's, let's take a look at it. It doesn't mean what we did before was bad, but let's see what other choice choices there are. Um, and I think that's a big part of change is oftentimes we've done something a certain way for so long and we're afraid to change because we think that that makes what we did before bad or wrong and no one wants to be bad or wrong. So we're like, well, we'll just keep going with it even though we don't like it anymore, even though we know it's not working because if we change that somehow brings this like shameful energy of being bad or wrong. And so really removing those words from my vocabulary and that judgment has allowed me to change so many things and to really embrace stuff and just be like, yeah, nope, I, I know better now. I, I learned something new. I'm going to try something new. Um, and just giving myself that permission to, to experiment and, um, and to like figure it out and see, you know, give it a try. Christiane, I want to thank you for your insight into the chakras for really speaking your truth about what working in the chakras means, helping us see the chakras in a different light and really highlighting a path to where the work that we need to do with our chakras needs to begin. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, they're really, it's my, one of my favorite topics to, to talk about is, is emotional growth and, and the energy centers. Um, it is, yeah, it is, you know, it really can be a beautiful, fun playground. So I encourage you to, you know, everyone listening to, yeah, to go in and like, and look at the, the lower chakras and, and have some fun with it. And, um, and, you know, consider it like a voyage of exploration uh, to discover. And, um, and I wish you so much beauty and growth in, in your process and, uh, and to embrace the messiness. Um, and uh, yeah, have, have fun with it. Because it really is a great opportunity to feel fully fulfilled as your whole self. And I think that's the greatest gift that we can give to the world is to really show up as our whole self. Um, so thank you so much for having me. I, I love, you know, what you're doing and I'm so excited to, to be a part of it. Thank you again. To learn more about Christiane, go to her Instagram feed at Christiane Vila. But I want to hear from you. What was your biggest takeaway from the conversation in this episode? DM me on Instagram at Althea Branton, and I'd love to hear from you. Tune in next week for another episode of Broken Hearted, where we'll have more uncritical conversations about heartbreak. Until then, feel your pain and see what happens next.
Broken Hearted is sponsored by Heart on Fire, a new kind of coaching experience. Start where you are with what you have. Begin to move past the pain. Go to bit.ly slash recover from heartbreak to book your free heartbreak recovery session today.